It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And every once in a while, we have to check in with our stalwarts of liberty to make sure that as libertarians and liberty-minded people, we are on the right track because it feels in so many ways like the country is slipping away from us and there is this imbalance. So where is liberty driving the conversation in terms of how the big presidential election is going to shake out in 2024? Are there more libertarians now? And I'm talking philosophical, not members of the Libertarian Party, but are there more liberty-minded people now than there were three years ago? Uh, I want to check in with someone who has run for governor in the state of New York, He is beloved here on the Eastern Seaboard. Many of you know him throughout the land because uh, he is the host of his own award-winning podcast, which is called The Sharp Way. He's a United States Marine Corps veteran. So when he talks about things like foreign policy and and foreign entanglements and foreign wars, he knows of what he speaks. Larry Sharp, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Hey, I am so happy to be here and you're right. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how do I make things better? And then I realized I have to get with Kennedy and start saving the world. That's what we have to do. That's what we got to do. And we got to do it one podcast, one person, uh, one skeptic at a time. So 100 percent for you, what are like the top three pressing issues that keep you up at night and keep you running for office and keep you talking about things and trying to change people's mind toward uh, the limited government side of the spectrum? Well, there's a couple things, right? The first one is you are correct in that we do have to keep going because the left-right paradigm is just getting deeper and, and making things even worse. People now judge you based upon whether they think you're left or right, and then they don't hear you, right? So we have to be able to kind of bridge that gap. And I would argue that Freedom and liberty is the only way that we can get across that gap, because generally speaking, if you're more right leaning, you think of liberty as freedom to freedom to do this, freedom to do that. If you're more left leaning, you still think about freedom, but as freedom from freedom from this or freedom from that. So I can go do what I want to do. But the key is freedom. Right. That's the issue. And if we can touch people from that point, they may actually hear us. You asked, you know, are there more liberty leading people now than before? Yes and no. And the no part is there are people who are feeling so frustrated. They're starting to believe the only answer is, you know, we got to force these people to do what we say. We need a strong man or we need socialism or we need something that's going to force the people to do the right thing. That's one chunk. And there are some more authoritarians that are growing. But at the same time, there are people who are saying, I've been voting left or right for 20 years and nothing's getting better you know what, there's got to be something else. And those people are starting to check out. And the people who are checking out, those are our people, Kennedy. Those are the people who are going to hear us and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was me in 2012. I had checked out. 
And then I heard libertarians speak and I was like, whoa, these librarians are awesome. Oh, wait, libertarians, <laughs> whatever. They're smart. I don't care. It's all good. And I think that's really a key. I, I think we can do this. So the first part is I see hope. That's number one. The second part is this movement does not need a savior. It needs hundreds of heroes. And to your point, one conversation at a time, hundreds of heroes with thousands of conversations, we will change the culture. And when we change the culture, that's when we'll change the politics. And I think people like you, people like me, we're out there doing it every day. And I think we are winning. It's slow, but I think we're winning. The reality of it is there is a tipping point. Well, it's I don't really know when that because, tipping point is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. And, and you know, I've, I've, so, I've never really had faith in the Libertarian Party uh, because mm-hmm. they have been given the gift of issues and circumstance and bad candidates from major parties in so many elections, and they've never been able to capitalize on it. That's, you know, I've, I've never considered Agreed. myself a member of the Libertarian Party. Um, uh, there are a lot of Libertarian candidates that I really like. Um, there mm-hmm. are others um, who don't do themselves or the movement any favors. And I know a lot of yes. people who used to very excitedly consider themselves to be Libertarians, and they have said, you know, I'm going to call myself a classical liberal because the yes. term libertarian is so damaged. How do you feel about that? Yes. Um, well, you know, I've been t- I've, people have been asking this question literally for years. I think Reason Magazine did an art- article with me in 2018 about the um, Libertarian Party. And I said what I said, then I still believe, which is Libertarian Party is a dumpster fire on wheels. However, without it, we're walking. So as bad as it is, there's no better chance for us to make impact. And I don't mean necessarily electoral. Do I honestly, did I honestly believe that in 2018 I was going to become the governor of New York? I didn't. I hoped I did, obviously, but I didn't actually believe it. Did I believe in 2022 I'd be the governor of New York? I didn't, but I hoped, obviously. I always have hope. But did I believe that because I could get that, that gravitas of running, that I could get others to move forward, that I could move the message? Yes. And if we look at the Libertarian Party as a part of the liberty movement, not you know different, but part of it, I think we can use it effectively. So I am a big fan of the party. I spend a lot of time in the party. I try to grow the party. I was just in Florida last week supporting three local candidates in Jacksonville, Florida. I think electoral politics does legitimize our movement. And if we can get a couple people to start winning locally and maybe some faces um, at the national level, just here or there, I think it helps the movement in general. I think it does. I feel like the the movement should have been helped by statists who are stealing your tax money and giving you nothing in return. Like that in and of itself, there are so many natural libertarians who are frustrated by the the theft of taxation, but they're also really frustrated still and will be for quite some time by the fallout from the pandemic. And, you know, what the government has done over and over again, and I, don't, I know we talk about this a lot on my Fox Business show, is they have abused power. Um, they yes. have treated people horribly um, and yes. like they are disposable. And there's no accountability like there's there's never and it it doesn't matter what it is. Um, It could be the train derailment. 
in Ohio. Mm -hmm. It could be the president going over to Ukraine before he goes to Ohio and protecting borders over there and pretending, you know, there's no problem with our immigration and border protection in this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just a number of ways that our government has failed us. You know, the Chinese spy balloon, uh, the fact that we are not able to discuss a peace settlement with Russia and Ukraine, like that should be the strength of the United States. But but so much of that strength and perceived strength has been squandered. And that's because there have been so many people in a rush for power and control and that authoritarianism that you alluded to that they they have squandered any goodwill that, you know, old school Democrats used to have faith in their government for. Yes. Yes. And, you know, the, the, the piece I want to bring up here is things being bad isn't enough to move people. People often say to me, Larry, when's it going to get so bad that people change? They don't. Right. When things are just bad, people go into what's called learned helplessness. This is a real thing. You can check it out on Google if you want to. Um, people just become helpless. They just do nothing. They either check out or they just they double down. What they need is hope. And what we have done so poorly in the Liberty Movement is provided actual answers. You know me, Kennedy. I'm always, and people say, well, what about this? I am Mr. Policy. That is literally what I do. I come up with a policy for everything because people need to have an answer. If they don't see an answer, they will just fall back to their old ways. It's much easier to vote against someone I'm afraid of than to vote for somebody that I don't know or understand. So they just go, well, I lean left, so all Republicans are evil, I'll vote against them. Or I lean right, so all Democrats are evil, so I'll vote against them. But when someone like you or I says, wait, 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 here's an actual way we can get what you want without the force of government, without bureaucracy, without extra taxation. If they hear it and get it, they begin to turn. And we have not done a very good job of doing that, but that's what we have to do. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. So let's talk a little bit about homelessness because, you know, there are people who have a lot of good intentions, but they end up making problems worse. And then they want to blame Republicans or past administrations, which doesn't do anyone any good. That is yep. that is just a way of abdicating any responsibility you have as a public servant. But you you and I were talking on my show recently and you you actually had some solid ideas. So go into that a little bit for for people who are unfamiliar with what a libertarian fix for homelessness might look like. Absolutely. The current fix is throw more money at it and or ignore it. That hasn't been working for 50 years. But what does work is understanding that the homeless population is not a monolith. There are about three to four different categories that are critical. One of them is the working poor, families who actually are just so poor they've lost their home through problems or issues or concerns, and they're so trying to work and they don't have a home. Or in places like California, where the government has screwed up housing so badly um, that people cannot afford to live in what used to be typical family neighborhoods 20, 30 years ago. They cannot afford to buy or rent a home in those places. And, you know, then you are stuck commuting an hour each way. And so your personal happiness and your time with your family suffers. 
So I'm I'm shocked that there are as many people left in California as there are. But you're absolutely right. These are so many government created problems. But uh, and and the working poor, I think we don't do a really good job differentiating between the working poor you're talking about and people who are mentally ill drug addicts yes. who, are, who are homeless for a very different reason. That's correct. So and we should we have to divvy those up. There are there are people who are addicts and people who have mental illness and some who have both because of the, of the COVID lockdowns. If you didn't have an addiction problem and you had mental illness, now you have both. If you didn't have if you had an addiction, but not a mental illness or whichever, now you have both. So it, it makes it even tougher. That population is also separate. Plus, also single moms. This, these are separate populations. So the first population is is the working poor. And to your point, that's just government policy. Just make it to where you can allow people to build more homes, more housing, lower tax rates, and you can get those people housed pretty easily. Those people, generally speaking, just give them a house in some way, shape, or form, and they'll begin to move forward. But that's not the whole part. And that isn't the part that's hurting us as much. The part that's physically hurting us are the mentally ill and the addicts. Those people can't go through the bureaucracy of any government forms. They physically can't do it. So they don't go to shelters. They stay outside because they can't manage the bureaucracy. When you have an addiction problem or when you have mental illness, you physically can't do that. Not just that, curfews don't work. Not just that, you're an addict. You have to get your medicine. You can't do that. It doesn't function. So where do you go? Streets, metro areas, uh, bus stations, whatever the case may be. So how do you fix those situations? Two things. Number one, you allow private companies to build out housing. They build out housing that is single issue housing. For example, um, moms who, um, single moms or veterans or people with a certain type of mental illness. And the home is just for that. It is a building with multiple small apartments. Apartments must be tiny and they must go against the current codes in most cities because people who've been homeless for several years, they understand that lifestyle and they won't go to a big home. You make a big home, they'll just go in one corner anyway. So give them a small home and they must pay one third of whatever their income is, period. Whatever that income is, the only thing they must do is say, how much money do you make? I made a hundred bucks, give me $33. That's it. Now, why would a private company do this? Two reasons. One, the reality is they will get some income. They'll get income one third of the people who are doing this. This, by the way, is already being done um, in the Jericho Project in the Bronx right now and being successful. So there will be some people who will give them money. So some money will come in. But more importantly, this is a branding piece for businesses like Ronald McDonald House or whatever the case may be. So now I keep the left happy because big business is paying for social programs voluntarily, happily. And the right is happy because no taxation. But not just that. You now have private security because many people who are either addicts or mentally ill are afraid of cops. So you don't put cops, you put private security there. But in the center area of this, of this building is a place where they can congregate. They can begin to re-socialize. Many people who are homeless, they have trouble re-socializing. They got to get back into the world. But not just that. There's a place to take a shower and wash. If you ever want to go get a job, it's good if you have clean clothes and you showered. You can head back to your family and try to get help again. Have clean clothes, have a shower. And best case now in the basement is actually assistance for them. It may be drug counselors. It may be uh, people who come with mental illness. It may be a place where they can get medicine. You put that in one facility, people will go there. It will work. No government required. Lots, lots of, of help there. But now how do you get them there? That's option. Option one is it having it. Option two is how do you get them there? I call it the caring caboose. Right now, what happens to people who have mental, mental illness or addiction, they often go 
to places like bus stations or they go to train stations, places like that. Okay, since they're there, we have an option. Arrest them, put them in jail, bad idea, or leave them there and harassing people. Mm -mm. Instead, every other train, the last car, the caboose, is the caring caboose. It is a place where people can go to get help. There again, private security, and it is sponsored by pharmaceutical companies who put us there in the first place. So now they get to sponsor the parent caboose, and now you have counselors there and people there to put these people in the system so they can get to that home they need to get to so they can get help. The problem is they're never going to go to the place. They don't trust the cops. They don't trust the institutions. So put them in a carrying caboose. Oh, Johnny, I see you. I got you the system. You need this. You need that. Hey, have you gone to a new facility on Third Avenue? Boom, you can go there. Those two things These are actual answers that over time will get people the help they need to get them back in action. And more importantly, now, if you've had someone who's who's an addict in your life, which I have, my mom was an addict, they just go away. You just don't see them and you don't know where they are, whether that's a week or a month or, in my case, several months. They just go away. Well, you know what? You can now go to the caring caboose and find your loved one. What what facility are at? When can I go? How can I go to that person and give them the love they need instead of them going away and having no help whatsoever. These two systems I just brought up are long-term solutions. They don't cost the taxpayer any money. They are caring and empathetic with the problems that we have, and they'll get people back in action. Well, and and when people talk about the success of the Portugal drug legalization system, these are the type of supports they have in place, uh, which are one of the other legs of the stool. Because, you know, one of my guesses is is legalizing drugs and and not throwing people in prison. But but the compassion actually comes from outreach, going to people where they are, getting to know them, um, figuring out how you can do a formal intake by having informal discussions with people. And, you know, I, I, I like how you're thinking because people, if you just pretend that homeless people don't exist, you are throwing them away. If you throw a bunch of money at it, um, in order to clear your conscience, that is just as immoral because, you know, the money is drained from somewhere because any government yes. enterprise is a zero sum enterprise. So that is being taken from one aspect of people who need it or deserve to have it back. And it, it's not going anywhere where it is being utilized. So, Larry, I appreciate your pragmatism and your honesty, and I have enjoyed our discussion immensely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I hope that more people see that if they go to any of the, my um, my social media, you go to you follow me on Larry Sharp at uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things, that I'm always trying to have real conversations with both the left and the right to find out what the end game is so we can all find a better world for us all. Absolutely. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful continuing conversation uh, that you are having ongoing so the sharp way listen to his podcast larry sharp thank you so much for being part of kennedy saves the world excellent we are saving the world thank you amen this has been kennedy saves the world i am kennedy for more podcasts from my friends at fox you can go to foxnewspodcast.com you can subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. 
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.